This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I went to the bench and got my phone out, looking up lotus plant and orchids and some other plants. None of those arose any suspicion. Then I remembered the hydrangea that the old man gave me earlier in his garden. As I entered the name of the flower into the search, my heart jumped, because the fact that it was poisonous was obvious right away. Shit. There is a space between reality and fantasy. Between light and dark. Between rational and irrational. In this space, there are stories. This story is called Lotus. Bon Appetit. I slowly made it home, frequently stopping at gas stations to use the bathroom because my stomach was sicker than ever before. I dragged my bag of fresh flowers after me, making sure it did not get out of my sight. As I finally made it through my front door, I knew I barely even resembled myself. My hair was wet with perspiration, clinging to my body, just like my clothes. My skin red from some rash. My heart raced wildly from pain and the day I had. My clothes were soiled from passing out under the bridge and being sick all evening. I knew I had large sweat stains covering me all over. I swayed as I walked up the stairs, my hand desperately clutching to my precious bag of flowers. Today was an ultimate humiliation. I knew that. I could not bring myself to think of it again, would not allow it. The only thing that kept me going was the bag I was clutching, my prize. The idea of having more flowers after such a day was the only consolation to me now. There was really nothing else I could think of doing. My mind was a complete blank flowers and how to get the best ones was the only thought I have had in days. Then I paused midway up the stairs. A sudden thought formed sharply on my mind. I really couldn't stop it. This was not a fleeting thought anymore, but a harsh, unmistakable reality. The fear woke up inside me, my chest getting tighter. I always figured I would stop when I felt I have had enough, but at that moment, standing in the darkness of the stairwell, leaning against the cold wall, almost one with the wall. I realized that I could no longer control my own actions, could not stop myself no matter how much I tried. The choice was no longer mine. But I wanted to stop. I wanted my old life back. A tear rolled down my cheek, and I could see it land on the concrete step, leaving a faint watermark where it fell. Perhaps I should get help. But how would I even go about explaining my strange addiction? I could only picture the deep shame I would have to endure, the ridicule and disbelief if I were to tell someone. Worst of all, I did not want to be treated like I was insane, an irrational person. My head was bent low in contemplation, and as I got to my door, I saw a dark shadow lurking in the corner. I stopped, peering cautiously into the shadows. The shape got up and walked towards me and into the light. 
When I was face to face with it, I jumped, ashamed. It was Daniel. He jumped too, but not from shame. He was terrified. As he looked into my face, I saw surprise, followed by recognition, followed by horror and bewilderment. Naomi? He got out finally and stepped forward towards me, but I pulled back, keeping my head down, not able to look into his face. Jesus, Naomi. Naomi, what happened? He kept trying to get closer, but I pulled away stubbornly. I was mute. If I were to say something to him now, anything at all, I knew I would burst into tears. I would collapse. I would be a complete mess. How could I do such a thing in front of him? He would never want to be near me again, I realized with panic. The Naomi he knew was a powerful, intelligent overachiever, not a pitiful wreck barely standing in front of him. The day was getting worse and worse, but I knew how I could make it all disappear, make it so much better. I thought of the beautiful flowers I was holding, and the previous rush returned in a powerful wave, sweeping me off my feet. My body was now in a hurry to get through that front door and enjoy my prize. I scratched at the skin rash on my arm nervously. Naomi, look at me, Daniel said sternly. Will you at least look at me? I shook my head slowly and heard myself say quietly, I told you I was sick. I was just getting back from the doctor. I'll be okay tomorrow. Really? But my voice was flat and lifeless. All I wanted to do was get rid of him, get him out of the way so I could have my plants. Those were my plants, and I had the right to enjoy them without anyone bothering me. I shifted towards the door, but Daniel would not let me off so easy. Damn it, Naomi, you look like you lost ten pounds. You haven't been eating. He was shaking his head, still trying to get close. With that comment, my patience gave way to frustration. Was he on to me? Did he know why I was carrying flowers in my bag? He can never find out. Never, ever. I looked up at him, wild, angry look on my face. All I wanted to do was enjoy my flowers in the privacy of my apartment, and he was a real annoyance now. What the fuck do you want from me? I shot back angrily. Can't you see you are not welcome here? You keep coming around as if you are wanted, but really I'm just nice to you. I'm not going to sleep with you, all right? I know that's all you want. Do me a favor and leave me alone. Can't you get a clue already? I have never seen someone fall apart in front of me like Daniel did at that moment. His face, so handsome and kind, was instantly changed by shock and pain. His broad shoulders shrunk and curled in, with him getting shorter and smaller, as if getting deflated. He put his hand up to his eyes as if thinking hard. Oh, wow, was all he said. We stood there in silence for a few minutes. Finally, he looked at me again. Naomi, you are obviously going through something here. I thought we were friends, so I am here. I'm sorry if I overstepped something. Do you really want me to leave? Yes. He moved towards the stairwell, but hesitated before turning to go. Really? He repeated, almost pleading. Yes! I shot back with anger. You need to get help, he said without looking at me. If I can help, you know where to find me. Then he was gone. 
I saw the outline of his body disappear into the darkness. Tears came to my eyes, and I let out a small whimper. No, I did not want him to leave, but he could not stay either. All I wanted was to have some flowers. After the day that I had, I felt entitled to at least that. The rush was still there, so I quickly entered and locked the door after me, brushing the memory of Daniel aside. Inside, I did not even bother changing my clothes. I dropped on the couch and had my usual ritual, the meal that I loved so much. I would bring the fresh lotus and bite, petal by petal, enjoying its delicate flavor. After this chaotic day, that wonderful flavor was the only thing that felt untarnished, pure and light. It was the one thing that could take all the pain away and make everything better. Oh, how wonderful it all was. I felt my dirty, broken body lift off the couch and float on air, my head spinning and buzzing, me smiling in reverie, not able to fully open my eyes. This was the feeling that I lived for now. As my pleasure gently set me back down on the couch, I finally opened my eyes and realized it was dawn. I was severely dehydrated, so I dragged myself to the sink and drank until I thought I would burst. The first thing that I thought of was that I really wished I would have saved at least one flower for the morning. I looked around, savagely ripping through the bag and looking for more, but there was nothing there. I went to the window and looked around for any flower beds I could find outside. Nothing. There was nothing. I wanted to go out, but as I was passing the bathroom, I happened to catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror. I stood, frozen. The woman who stared back was not me, no. It was somebody I saw crouching on a pile of dirty mattresses under a bridge. It was a woman asking for money on a dirty street corner. It was a woman who slept in alleys and under dumpsters. A woman who sold her broken body for money. The one who could no longer remember her name or why she was there in the first place. All she knew was that she had to get it. It. That thing that made her forget herself and the world around her. I was a perfect portrait of that woman. I called work once I got out of the shower. The voice on the other end did not sound surprised. It was Miriam. Yes, she said. Daniel told us you were, um, indisposed. Are you going to see a doctor? I said, yes, of course I was. But I knew Miriam knew I was lying. She was way too perceptive to let that one pass by her. Nonetheless, she let me have it. All right, dear she slowly pronounced into the phone. You take care of yourself, whatever it is that you need to do. I hung up. Of course I was determined to take care of myself, whatever I needed to do to get this figured out. I tried to think, but it was hard to focus. All I had to eat for the past several days were flowers, and my stomach was still twisted into a knot after I ate hydrangeas and accidentally poisoned myself. This could never happen again, I decided. I went to my computer and searched for various flowers that would make me sick, if not end my life. I wanted to be knowledgeable and ready if I was trying something new again. And I wanted to try something new, oh, so badly. The thought of it was exhilarating. But I promised myself I wouldn't. I made a plan to take it easy that day, have a normal meal, and start putting myself together. Of course, looking at flowers, even poisonous ones, was no help at all. 
Somewhere between oleander and daffodil, I became aware of the rush within my own body, the familiar craving for more. Oh, it was so delightful to look at those delicate, deadly plants. I promised myself that I would stop, so I went to the fridge, fishing out a yogurt. I would eat, I decided, in order to keep myself from eating plants for a change. I peeled off the top, stirring it slowly with a spoon. The smell of it made me sick instantly. I imagined its texture in my mouth and lost all appetite. No, this was no good at all. I put it down and scratched at my arm, noticing how much my whole body was vibrating, pulsating with desire. Oh, just this one time. I sat on the couch, trying not to move. If I moved even an inch, I knew I would go and get more flowers. I rocked back and forth, my eyes closed, while cold sweat poured down my forehead, my palms also turning cold. My stomach was on fire, the organs inside turning in pain, twitching and craving the release, the feeling I needed so badly. The pain started to spread to the rest of my body and I could barely keep myself from scratching my skin off. I had to. I had to. I knew that I had to. I needed it, wanted it, craved it. Why not one more time? No. But I couldn't. I had to distract myself with something, anything. Oh, but the pain. Anything to end the pain. Then there was the pleasure. That light feeling of floating. Oh, how I miss that. At that thought of pleasure, my whole body dropped into deep yearning. The craving of such magnitude, I forgot everything else in the world. That was it. I had to get it. Get it. I was no longer a rational human being. I was a machine. I ran down the stairs. I ran down the street, looking around frantically for any flower beds I could find, anything at all. Then I remembered John. John. Oh, yes, him. He had the good stuff, the very best. Perhaps I should go by his garden, even see him again. But there was no need to convince myself. I was already walking fast and with determination. I headed over there even before I actually remembered about John. On the next episode of Lotus. I would never eat it, no matter how much I wanted to taste it. What a delicacy it was for me. I wanted to have it there, to be reminded of how lethal my addiction really was. Tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow I would go to my doctor. I would tell her everything. Tomorrow I would take care of this ugly obsession, get my life back, move on. But today... Today I wanted to have one last evening of pure pleasure. Lotus, a crawlspace media production of a pyrational story. Narrated by Gabra Zachman. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.